Welcome to the Optimal Bio Podcast. At Optimal Bio, we don't just balance your hormones, we balance your whole body. Our conversations range from nutrition to medicine with an emphasis on wellness tips to support your health journey. If you like what you hear, find us on the web at optimalbio.com and follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of uh, Optimal Bio Podcast. Uh, since April is Stress Awareness Month, um, we are honored to have the CEO of Optimal Bio, Tyler Brandon, with us today, who is in a very high stress position trying to grow a business, trying to manage people uh, as CEO of Optimal Bio. So we thought we would talk to her today about stress and stress management. So welcome, Tyler. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad I get to make my debut on the Optimal Bio podcast today. Well, you were a guest a long time ago and it's good to have you back. Yeah. I feel like this is like podcast 2.0. Well, you're, I'm sure you're going to do great too. So just from an overall perspective, as we look at Optimal Bio and we look at the patients and then your interaction with the providers and what have you, you know, what are some of the typical stressors that day-to-day, you know, the business and you personally have to deal with at Optimal Bio? Yeah, I would say a combination. So our growth, you know, we are growing rapidly every single uh, month, year to year. And what does that growth mean? It means we're adding um, new patients every month. But on top of that growth, we are adding team members. So we have been hiring or training a team member um, every month since the beginning of 2021. So it is pretty incredible that we're able to have our external growth while we're doing our internal growth at the same time. So, you know, new team members learning the process while we're also learning how the influx of the process of adding, you know, a hundred new patients a month from the uh, previous month. So definitely in combination of our growth overall, and then the internal growth, and then the combination of the two. I was actually just talking about it earlier today that it is pretty incredible that we are able to grow as fast as we are, by um, but still maintaining our quality and our focus of patient care while training and onboarding team members every month as well. And as you go through that process, you know, is it uh, is the stressor more about time? There's not enough time in the day, and if or is it something else that relates to stress? I would say the stressor is trying to onboard and train as quick as possible, but really as thorough as possible because, you know, anyone on our team, we know what we do, why we do it. So it's not just learning an SOP of how to use our EMR system, but the science behind hormones. Why are patients coming? So the stressor isn't time because I would say we are efficient during the day, the day-to-day process, the SOPs, but the stressor of making sure that the new employee understands What we do, we want to give them little pieces like we have, you know, start with the basics day one and add on that. So we want to have the right combination of training thoroughly, but in a efficient amount of time to get them up and running um, So because we're hiring because we need. We also try to hire before we, we really need them. So it's not like a pain point of the time of training and then when we really need that additional staff. So taking that into consideration, give us a, a, a typical day for you. Um, you know, what are you doing in, when you wake up to, you know, handle your stress during the day? What are you doing during the day with it? And then what are you doing in the evening? 
Yeah, so I would first say stress gets a bad rap, right? But stress also can be good. That's what can push you to be better. That's how you learn. Um, Because if you had no stresses and it was just a constant, then you're not going to be able to learn in those moments how to get better, how to process stress. If you think of the top athletes, they stress their body so that they're ready for the game. Um, And so I want to make sure that, you know, when I show up on Monday, I don't just show up and hope for the best. I've been putting in my time and my work before. So my daily uh, my daily routine, I wake up, I work out in the morning. That's a non-negotiable. Um, you know, we could go on the science of the importance of working out for your mental health, your physical health, reducing stress. Um, and then I go back, you know, um, get ready, then go straight to the office. And then I start my day with a black coffee. And then um, we really want to go to like the nitty gritty. You know, I fast, um, which also helps reduce inflammation of your body, which also helps uh, your brain uh, be able to heal, process stress, process um, harder days. And then my day is a mix. So my day looks different and similar depending on the day, which makes no sense, but it could be, you know, meetings from finance to marketing to interviews. I travel to the offices a lot. So each week I'm usually in a different office, spending time with that team. I um, train a lot of the providers. So for onboarding a provider, I'm part of that training process. We have monthly one-on-ones with everyone on the team. I have the one-on-ones with the leadership team and the provider. So that may be part of my day. I may be on a podcast for someone else. I be maybe meeting with a different business. I may be in a marketing meeting. So each day really touches every aspect of the business. There's days, you know, yesterday I was on a patient call. So really depending on the need, um, but every day my day does uh, touch each aspect of the business. So let's go back to talking about exercise. What feeling are you looking for after you've exercised? Do you want to feel like you've accomplished something and your body's a little bit tired and banged up? but you're ready for the day, you know, do you want to, is it, is there a refresher for you? You know, describe your feelings on that. Yeah. So I grew up playing sports. So being active has always been part of my life and, um, you know, working out, it's an hour of my day that I'm not thinking it's, I think it's the only hour day that someone is telling me what to do for an hour. And so it gives me clarity of mind. And then also it does push your body. So then when you do go have a hard conversation, something comes up that you weren't expecting, physiological, your body knows how to respond to that better than it would have if it wasn't pushed. So, you know, the I go for, I know it's an hour of clarity and then I'm ready to start my day. Gives you the energy, it gives you And I think also because we're in this medical and wellness space, I know the benefits of what it does for my body, health-wise, mentally, physically. And like we were saying, in order to, you know, maintain that we can, you know, process stress, grow from it, we need to prepare our bodies for it. And working out is a huge part of that. So some people burn stress by literally, you know, trying to max out their workouts every single day. Other people, Mm -hmm. you know, will take a nice, you know, five mile walk um, at a state park, for example, where they're in commune with nature, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, other people will, you know, do a little bit of cardio, a little bit of, you know, weight training or some other type of training, you know, to get them in the right frame of mind. So what is your formula? 
Yeah, so I go to a gym. I go to a workout class, and so it provides the structure. And then, like I was saying, they have the class ready to go, the structure ready to go, so I don't need to think, what am I working out today? I do love hiking, so if I am on vacation, I'm always outside taking a walk um, or hiking. I always think, because whenever I'm on vacation, I'm always outside so much more. How can I add that to my day-to-day? So I'm still trying to figure that out, but if I am out of town, I am hiking, I am walking outside because nature is so key. Um, but my day-to-day workouts are in a gym. Okay. So let's break that down a little bit. Is it like a mix of cardio and strength? Is it, you know, pure strength, pure cardio? You know, mm-hmm. what what is what are some of the classes that you're taking? Yeah. So I go to um, one gym called Metabolic, which is circuit training that focuses on cardio and strength. So um, there's momentum day, there's strength day, there's um, anaerobic day, which is more focused on cardio. So it's circuit training, but not HIIT because it focuses more on strength. Um, So you can do anything from free weights to a a boxing bag to a ski erg. Um, So that's definitely a mix. And then I also do pure bar um, because it's much, it's smaller muscles. And then depending on, for my body, because everybody's different, um, I could really, I like the difference between the two um, depending on my need that week, that day. Um, So it kind of slows it down, smaller muscles. I try to do hot yoga as much as I can. And then I do love spin. So whenever I'm traveling, I try out new gyms. And so I do a lot of spin, especially there's a gym in Charleston I go to that I love, but predominantly it's a mix of strength, pure bar and cardio during that strength workout. So it sounds like for you, you like the the group workout where it's being led by somebody whether the group is, you know, one person and you or it's 10 people or what have you, um, mm-hmm. the fact that you don't have to think and lead it uh, is a stress reliever for you. Have you tried individual things before and, and, you know, what did you find doing those? Yeah, I would say back in college, definitely went to the gym on my own. I wasn't paying for gym memberships when I was in college. Um, you know, I liked it because I knew, again, I've always worked out, working out, you know, good for you. But right now I love, especially because there is a programming to a workout. And so I know that the gyms I go to is backed by science. People, their job is to do the programming based on how to get stronger, how to build lean muscle. And so I have to think no, most of my day. And so it really is one less thing I need to think about. And I just go in, I work out. Um, and so I can, and like my siblings joke, they're like, you work out at every gym, you know how to work out. Why can't you just go to the gym by yourself? I'm like, yeah, I can, but I know what's best for me. I know that I like to go and it's ready to go for me instead of then if I have to go think, okay, what am I going to do today? What's my workout program? Then and that's adding stress that I'm trying to alleviate. Yeah, I think that's an important point you make too, because I think when people don't work out, they start working out and they think they have to uh, follow a class structure or they have to not spend the money on a class and try to do it on their own. And most people, um, you know, try to, I guess, try things that they think is the norm, but in reality, it's all about individual preferences. And, you know, in your situation, you know, you want to be in effect, have your stress tank empty, you know, when you start your day. So you empty it by working out. And in your case, you don't have to, you know, program a workout for yourself. You don't have to, 
you could follow um, and you can feel good when you're done. Uh, have you run across other patients? Have you run across other, um, you know, people in your life that um, uh, haven't figured out that individual piece of it yet? And, uh, you know, if so, uh, where you, have you been able to help them? Yeah, I think especially because there's so much out there. So sometimes people don't know where to start or they think they have to go in super sweaty, super hard workout for it to be effective. And, you know, every day patients are asking nutrition and how to work out because there is so much out there and it it can be hard. And so, and same with, um, you know, our team, we talk about wellness, you know, every day, that's what we do, but also part of the team, uh, we talk about wellness. And so the biggest thing you had hit on before, what works best for you? What do you enjoy? And so I think the best thing is so, if you can't, you know, if you don't have the discipline to go to the gym on your own, sign up for a class because you don't go to the class, then you're still paying for it, right? So if you need something for that discipline, but I would say the biggest thing is start by walking. Walking is so, so good for you. And you're usually outside when you're walking. So I would say, start with the basics, start with walking, and then try out a couple different things and see what you like. And if you say you don't like working out at all, then let's stick with walking. But, um, you know, our bodies do need to continually move, continually grow um, and build muscle. Because if it does, doesn't, as we age, it decreases. And that's what keeps, you know, our bones and our body strong. And so I think knowing the why behind working out, instead of just saying, oh, I have to work out or I want to lose five pounds, but understanding the why and the importance of it, I think will help, you know, you stick to a routine but really start with walking. Walking is huge. Um, the effects of it, like I said, being outside. Um, and it's, you know, everyone can do it. Okay. So you exercise to relieve stress. Um, a lot of people, you know, might relieve stress by enjoying some comfort food or you know, if they're thinking more on the health side, potentially using diet as a stress reliever uh, in that regard also. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the areas that you've explored in that regard? Yeah. So I, there's comfort food is not, not my, not my thing. Um, so again, I know this probably sounds redundant, but if I know what's in a box of chips, ahoy, right. Then I know it's going to do to my body. So I'm not going to just splurge. And a couple years ago, I got really sick and I was been on a health journey since and going through that process really goes back to what your body um, when you feel sick, what it really affects everything in your life. And so I would say, you know, like if my comfort food now may be, you know, a piece of huge chocolate, but I've never been connected to food that way. Um, and so, you know, I would say my comfort, my vice, would it be like a tequila soda with friends, you know, at the end of a week? Um, but food I, is not something that I rely on. But again, I also went through my experience, my journey with it. I understand what's in the food and we see it every day, you know, at Optimal Bio, the environmental factors that are causing so many issues. And so I think once you start knowing and understanding what's in their food sources and the control food has, food is a drug. No one wants to talk about that. It's very controlling. It creates your DNA. And so the more you know about something, I'm just thinking, I know what's doing it to my body and I'm not going to do that to my body or rely on it in that way. I know you're not a medical professional, no. but based on your knowledge of 
uh, Optimal Bio and being part of the wellness program. What are some of the natural foods that might be stress relievers for some people? Yeah, dark chocolate, huge benefits. Um, And then I would say fruit because it's something sweet, but it's from nature. Um, And usually people eat fruit during summer or like when it's warmer. So more intentions to it. Soup is a great comfort food and also it's very easy for a body to digest. So our body will feel better when it's eating it. Um, Because people think of comfort food as say something super sugary or a lot of carbs, but they're not feeling good after it. So what is that, you know, middle ground of what can, like fats, fats are um, definitely a comfort food because it's filling. Um, It, you know, adds that that feeling that you're looking for um, without... Because if you have a sugar crash, then you're not going to feel good. So it's a cycle. So if like healthier comfort foods, if that's what you're asking, uh, definitely foods that, you know, make you feel better, but also put you in like, you think of watermelon, you think of summer, right? So thinking about that and easy uh, to digest foods. Okay. So some people also reduce stress by going to see a movie or, you know, some form of entertainment, Mm -hmm. sporting events, um, reading books, um, podcasts, what have you. Mm -hmm. Please share your experience in that regard as well. Yeah, so I love, love, love sports. Like I always joke, if I could be athletic director one day for a call, you know, I would do that. I love college football. So sports are my huge outlet. Um, You know, whether it be watching the Masters last weekend, I'm always watching sports as part of, it's been part of my life and I enjoy that. I think the, everything from it, from the discipline to the watching it, to the team, I think it's a great example of what, how a business should run. And so I love sports. I can talk about sports probably for the next three hours. So I won't do that. Um, I've never been a big movie watcher. That's just not my thing. Um, but I love silence, which sounds kind of crazy, but I think, you know, to, be able to do well and want to become better. You have to figure out what works for you. And so, you know, I talk with people all day, every day, and most people may think that I'm an extrovert because that's what I have to do, you know, at work, but I'm actually a very quiet person. So I know to, you know, kind of recenter and uh, deregulate stress like Friday evenings. I love spending time alone and in quiet. And then by Saturday, ready to go. Also, I think too, by reading, listening to podcasts, learning um, how to be a better leader, how to, what does your company do? By learning more, you're going to become more confident to be able to handle stress. So I think the biggest thing about, you know, whatever you want to be better at, more prepared at is putting in the time because then that will help you being able to process and go through that stress. So let's go back to the business and Can you share a personal experience where you turned a stressful situation into a positive outcome for the company? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is there's always usually a stressor going on, but as a leader, you have to keep positivity. And so, you know, I can go from one great meeting to a bad meeting to a great meeting, but no one needs to know that, right? And to keep your composure. So I would say, you know, a stressor could be we were opening a new location. There's always stresses that go on there. We're moving into Greenville next Tuesday. The um, lease just got signed literally a week ago, but um, to prepare for that, um, I knew that was going to happen from previous times. So long story short, the um, 
NP Tanya, who will be in our Greenville office. She's incredible. She was able to be in Cary for two weeks so that we're prepped her so that she feels prepared when we're starting. I'm going to Greenville tonight to spend um, the rest of this weekend next week with her to prepare. So, you know, I knew this was going to happen. Definitely a huge stressor, um, but trying to make sure that the people involved are feel prepared as best as they can. Um, and that's the main, the main thing. So you don't have any good stories for us? I mean, what good stories am I allowed to tell on this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, the fact that you had to build furniture when we moved uh, in the carry office or one time you had to deliver, you know, some supplies to one of the remote offices, um, you know, where it was relying on you to get there at a certain point in time. So stories like that. That, yeah. See, so many, so many good memories. I know it's so funny when people are like, what does a CEO do? And I'm like, oh, sometimes I want to like take pictures of just doing random things and be like, this is what I'm doing. Um, yeah. So one time I, um, we were out of Lidocaine in an office in Charlottesville, which is about four hours north of Cary. And I found out at about 8.30 um, and we had Lidocaine enough for patients until 1 p.m., I was like, we are not rescheduling these patients for so many reasons. So I grabbed lidocaine from Carrie, got up to the Charlottesville office and we had lidocaine and we saw the rest of our patients. And yep, I'm actually going to be building furniture tomorrow. So not good at it, but I try. Um, So I think the biggest thing, yeah, it's just knowing, be a team player and no one's ever above anything. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I'm trying to think some good stories. Yeah, Charlottesville, furniture. I do some, I prep some consults before the providers go in. I don't know. I'll, I'll try to think of some good stories that I can, I can share. So you have the CEO who, you know, has a process to deal with stress. And then you have the culture of the business. And obviously the culture is, centered around, in our case, how do you treat patients, how you do your job, um, how you treat other, other coworkers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but from a, you know, culture of resilience and stress management, um, what are some of the things that you've put into place to uh, empower, you know, some of the employees to be able to, you know, overcome some issues, you know, that they may have patient comes in, they might not be happy. It becomes a stressful situation for the person up front. Um, you know, what are some of the things that are built into the culture of the business that allows them to work through that? Yeah. So a couple of different things. So it starts with the onboarding and training, hopefully that they feel prepared to, you know, handle any type of situations, but also know that when to go and ask for someone else to help with the um, situation. And so um, training preparedness, um, that's why we have our monthly one-on-ones to have that time to discuss hard conversations, leadership. We have book club um, to grow because we really want to, if we want to have, um, be different as a company, company and be different as a medical company as a whole, that starts with internal. And uh, whenever we are hiring anyone on the team, yes, the job is nine to five, but we are looking for people who are all in, who are wanting to grow um, personally with the company because like people say, iron sharpens iron and we want that motivation. We want that team to be better so that everyone is a leader in their role, right? And so, um, you know, the biggest thing, yeah, so say if we have a difficult conversation with the patient, um, they know we are 
you know, training our managers to be able to have those conversations. I actually was just in a meeting with um, a manager today and she was telling me about, she was like, there's this patient, it was a hard conversation and she helped one of her patient coordinators. She took over the phone and she just felt confident being able to have that conversation by going back to our process, the why behind our process and asking the patient, you know, let's walk us through it. Um, so it was really great to see that she felt better in that situation because we do try to have those meetings. So leadership meetings, our staff meetings to walk through hard conversations. And that's an open topic um, at Optimal Bio is hard conversations are going to happen. How can we prepare them? And how can we prepare you to have them? And also everyone knows um, if they need, you know, one of our managers, if they need me to handle a situation, that's 100% going to happen. So I think it's a twofold effect of making sure that everyone is aware that every job here is crucial to our success. We want everyone to be a leader um, and also knowing, hey, if you need me, I'm here to help you. I think the other thing too is, I think Automobile under your leadership has done a really good job in hiring people. And I think a lot of companies tend to overlook the interview process where if you are in a company that does have stress every once in a while, especially if you're in the service industry, you really need to probe uh, your candidates to make sure that they can provide examples of setbacks in their life that they overcome, overcame rather, um, certain scenarios you can propose to them. So then you are getting somebody who uh, is used to having overcome difficulties every once in a while. So can you talk a little bit about the interview process that uh, candidates go through as well? Exactly. I think that's huge because, and we always talk about that, there's going to be hard days, stressful days, but to come back to the mission, to the purpose um, and the good, the good days. So, you know, our admin um, team and then our providers is a similar but different interview process. So I'll start with the admin side. So we have um, three interviews and we also do a um, in-person shadow interview, which I think is uh, huge. So our interview team, they are great. They ask incredible uh, questions. You know, what motivates you to work? talking about, give me stressful situations. And like you hit on it, we are in the service industry, right? So if patients aren't here, we're not here. And so to understand that, but the in-person shadow interview is which what is key. How do they interact with the patients? How do they interact with their team? When they see those 50 patients going through, you know, you can tell if someone says they're fine, but it's a lot for them, right? And so that's what we really want to see is how they interact with the team and the day-to-day -day because, you know, you could ask the right questions and go through this interview process, but really trying to show it for, especially in for the interviewee, we want to make sure this is a good fit, you know, for both of us. So I would say the in-person um, shadow um, is very important. And then also that allows that we can, um, you know, ask anyone on the team, like, hey, how is your interaction? Because we're all seeing different uh, parts of someone, parts of interactions. Um, we process things different. And so, and then on the provider side, we also um, have, you know, I do the first interview for the providers and then they meet with uh, Dr. Brandon, the medical director, and then they do an in-person interview and shadow. And that usually it can be one or two days. It's usually a longer process. Um, and then they'll interview with a different um, provider on our team as well. Uh, we want to make sure they are the right fit uh, with well, how are they going to interact with patients. So when they're shadowing, they're in the patient rooms, seeing our process 
process as well. Um, we take them out to dinner. So, you know, how do they, is, you know, everyone says like, how do you treat, um, what, and act when you're out at dinner, but I think that's huge. So we'll take them out to dinner. Who are they as a person? You know, how do they interact um, after five? Uh, because we really truly believe in building our culture and, you know, everyone knows one person can make or break that. And so we want to really get to know them as a person um, and how can they add to our team? How can we add to them? And is it the right fit for both of us? All right. So from a company perspective, how do you what do you, what strategies do you implement to support employees' well-being and, you know, in a very busy environment, prevent burnout? Yeah. So I would start with our process. So our process is very efficient and um, very structured. And so we can see 50, 60 patients a day, but the process is pretty seamless. Of course, it's going to, um, you know, there's going to be issues sometimes. We have a daily checklist. We have people responsible for those items and to try to make sure that there's enough process and structure in the day so that the busy days, there's still structure. Um, it kind of goes back to it. We have the patient schedule printed. Um, so really by the SOPs, the process and the checklist, is huge. Also, we, um, all six, almost seven locations, we work together on things. So we have a team that might be going through all the labs, not just in the carry office, but Wilmington, Virginia. So we have a uh, checklist, a daily checklist for each office. We have a weekly checklist, and then we have a checklist overall of all the offices and who's responsible for it. Uh, so I really think going back to the basics of the SOPs, the checklist, it really does help, um, especially in the busy days. And we really try to make a uh, process so that to grow. So we want to be able to grow with our process. Of course, we're going to have to change things if you know there's a better way, more efficient way to do it. But we try to be able to any process that we put in place, it will be a process that we can grow with instead of having to keep changing a process as we're adding patients, as we're adding teammates. And on the provider side, the charting is very minimal compared to other charting to really be able to, for the provider to have the most time with the patient as well. So back to the basics of the process, the SOPs um, to be able to run a day um, smoothly. We have a lot of Google Docs. <laughs> That's stressful for me. What about, um, <laughs> uh, you know, PTO and, you know, mental health days yeah. and, some of these things that some of these companies are doing at this point in time? Yeah, so I think it starts, you know, you can have PTO, you can have mental health days, you can have all of that. But if the actual culture is not good day to day, then that's not going to make up for it. And so I think that's why the team, the culture, the day to day is what really matters. Um, and so that's why, like we talked about hiring is really big. We do, like we just had a team dinner on Tuesday night um, the in the carry office, every other office also had uh, their team lunch or dinner as well. So really trying to build that into every day. And then we do, um, we always try to hire um, and promote from within. So that's why we have those one-on-ones. What are your goals? How can you be a better leader? Where do you want to go? Um, and then we have, you know, our quarterly provider meetings. We have our team beach weekends. But then, you know, surface level of benefits, we have unlimited PTO. We have, um, I think about almost two weeks of paid holidays that are not included, obviously, in your PTO. We have, um, 
you know, I'll go work out with people on the team, we'll have team workouts, but I really start things that starts with the day-to-day and then you can build on top of that. So you mentioned earlier that the business is growing pretty fast mm-hmm. and not every employee is stress-free mm-hmm. in a high growth environment. So how do you balance the needs for the employee with the need to grow the organization? Yeah, I think that's what's very important as a leader. That's your job to realize like what is, everyone has a bandwidth. So what is their bandwidth as an employee, as a person and to um, fix that. So depending on the person and their role, we work around that, of course, you know, with the company as well. But every person we look at, what is their bandwidth? What do they want? Um, and we have different roles for different, uh, d- to match um, what people would like, what their stresses are, so that hopefully it will mitigate people being burnt out. Because of course you're going to be stressed, but, you know, being burnt out is a continually stressed without any, you know, end in sight. You know, getting back to the storytelling, uh, can you share some examples of how stress has led to, you know, positive change and innovation, you know, within Automobile? Yeah. So one example is we've talked about before, training and onboarding is very time intensive. It is very important. And so um, I used to do all the training and then it went to um, Kristen, our practice manager, but now, but it was just getting, it wasn't being efficient. It wasn't what, what was the issue? Because we needed people, so we needed them trained. Um, so now we have a training team across all of our offices. And so that has been a huge, huge help for, you know, the members on the team to be like, there's a team. If you're in Wilmington, Carrie's going to help you. There's, you know, a team there. But that was one of our big stresses last week, uh, last year was how to um, better our training program, how to make it more thorough, how to make it efficient. And so instead of just having one training person, now we have a training team. From your perspective, how do you prioritize your self-care and your stress management with your leadership style? Yeah, so I would say like everyone has a bandwidth and to know one, what is your role? So I fully understand that I should have the highest stress level here and how am I supposed to manage that? And so like we were talking about before, um, I think habits and discipline are huge. So I know I need my morning workout. I know I need some quiet throughout the week. Um, and I, if I'm in the car a lot driving to the offices. So I usually have a podcast on to try to keep learning because that's going to give you more confidence. Also, I love having listening to conversations of other people going through you know, difficult situations, running businesses. You know, I was listening to someone that was kidnapped by pirates, which is a wild story. And so just being able to pull yourself out of your situation, I think is huge um, because we're all going through something and just how, I think just through awareness and pulling that out. And also the gratitude, people talk about gratitude, but I don't think people talk about enough and understand the significance of it. Uh, I know I have such a huge opportunity here and I should be, and every morning I think, you know, thank you for this opportunity and um, just living into that. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, for example, today has been a day, right? But I also know that's my job and I wouldn't want to do anything else. And so I think having the gratitude 
preparing, trying to get better, and then knowing your habits um, that you need that are non-negotiables to help you be able to manage that stress. So I think a lot of times if employees are unhappy in their jobs, that leads to a lot of stress Mm -hmm. and both personally as well as professionally. Mm -hmm. And as a CEO, I'm sure you had had people in your in present day as well as in the past come to you and, you know, and in fact, you'd now become a psychiatrist, not necessarily with employees at Optimal Bio, but just with your network. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody is going through trouble at work um, and they're just simply not happy with their job and things can't be changed, mm-hmm. um, what advice do you give, give them to be able to work that out and or handle the stress uh, and make changes? Yeah, I would say the first thing, you know, have them talk through it. And sometimes it might seem like a big deal. So I always say, always sleep on it because usually the next day when you wake up, it's not a big deal. Um, I think it's helpful to write things out. Um, And then if you're still, you know, day three, day four, still thinking about it, have that appropriate conversation with that person. So the first, and talk through it. And so, you know, if, and then if you're still, you know, had the appropriate conversations with, um, say, your company or your managers, and you're still not happy, and there's nothing else that you can fix at your job, then I would say look for other jobs. But I think the biggest thing first is you process it yourself, you write things down, um, and then if it's still bothering you, if you're still not happy, having those appropriate conversations, and then if there is no resolve, then at that point, I would say, it is up to you to go find, you know, another job that, you know, will make you happier, less stressed. Because I think the biggest, I don't know whoever came up with this work-life balance line, but that's not true, right? Because if you're miserable at your job, it's going to bring, you know, go into your life. And so it's not going to be like rainbow and sunshine every day at work, but you do want to enjoy your day. So if you go through that process, still not happy, I would say then, you know, look for somewhere else that you might be more happy. And you hit the nail on the head, I think, earlier in your explanation where it's beneficial to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. So obviously religions are set up, you know, to be able to talk to people that are more spiritual than you. You know, you go through getting educated in high school and college and you know, there's always discussions around go talk to your counselor or talk to your professor. Um, so you're basically seeking out mentorship and you're building this mm-hmm. foundation of mentorship. So from you and uh, as being the CEO, I know there's groups out there, for example, um, and maybe there's other mentors. So what do you do to talk about it, you know, with other people? Yeah. So before I answer that question, also, I think the biggest thing, a lot of people don't even have the communication they need of the problem that they think they have. So I think working on communication and talking through things can alleviate a lot of the unhappiness and stress. I, communication, I think is a lost art because it's hard, right? You got to work on it. So I think communication can really help alleviate um, certain things that can be going on. Because a lot of times you might think something's happening, but once you talk through the, with, with the person, it's really not that big of a deal or you come to a resolution. But back to your question, you know, what do I do? So I am in a group um, of other 
uh, founders and CEOs and we meet every month and that's, you know, that's huge. We have usually have speakers, um, one of us presents, but just being able to talk through things, whether it be something, it seems like very, just not even, you know, not part of the agenda that day, you're still going to learn because kind of what I mentioned before about like, say, listening to a podcast or listening to conversations someone else is going through something or you're like, hey, they're going through it too. So it kind of normalizes it. So I think if it's normalized, you can process it or, you know, oh, they went through this. How did they handle this? And so I think that's really big. You know, you and I talk um, often. And then, you know, some of my friends, uh, one of my friends, she owns her own company. So we definitely have that unique uh, relationship. And then other, my other friends, they um, have high stress jobs too. And so there is always going to be common ground. So I think the biggest thing is being like having true friendships that, you know, not those surface level conversations so that they may not be, you know, a CEO, but you can still like, they still want to listen to your day or what have you and talk through things. But I would definitely say, you know, having um, a group that I go to, it's, it has been very um, valuable and I look forward to it. And, you know, in a few weeks, it's my month to present. And so, you know, really pushes you out of your comfort zone. And I think that's so big. Like, People don't want to be stressed, they say, right? But in order to grow, you have to be pushed out of your comfort zone. You have to grow. You have to learn. And most of those times when you're learning, it's when it is a stressful situation or a hard conversation. And so, or those stressful times make you appreciate those good days and those good times and those wins. I do think communicating and talking things through is, is extremely beneficial. And, you know, I think each individual needs to look at you know, their, their network. And mm-hmm. I'm a believer in not only talking to people who are in my peer group, for example, but also people who have been there and done that before, mm-hmm. maybe retired. Um, there's a lot of value uh, in older people, you know, that have gone through experiences. And, uh, you know, some people I think get dismissed sometimes because, oh, they're, you know, 80 and they're a little bit slower and they're, um, you know, they, they either talk too much or don't talk enough, but I look at them and say, well, you made it to 80, you still have your health and mm-hmm. you must've done something right. So I'm going to try to learn from that. Yeah. I think a lot of people can be dismissed for certain reasons. Right. And I, uh, you know, I was talking about this earlier and I think as you know, you learn and you, I'm definitely an observer. And I think a lot of times people are projecting their insecurities um, on you because there's been countless times that, you know, I'm the opposite, right? People think I'm too young or too this. And so I think, like you said, like, take that away. And what can you learn from um, anyone, especially wisdom? People always, like, I love getting older because I hope that you learn more and you become more at peace um, as you're getting older. So, you know, we always say at Optimal Bio, like, we want to give you the hormones of a young person, but that wisdom of that 80-year-old because you've gone through so many different facets of your life. Yeah, and if you're like me, that's, I guess, more older than younger, I want to stay fresh with the younger community as well, mm-hmm. because, you know, they use technology way better than I do. They're smarter in certain areas, and it's good to get a, a you know, full spectrum of uh, opportunity and ideas. I think that's like one of the things that makes, you know, our team great. We have 23 to 63 on our team and everyone brings in a different perspective and ideas. And 
I think maybe because, you know, usually I am younger in a room. So I don't even think about age on our team. I'm like, hey, what's your idea? Like, do you want to be part of this? I'm not thinking like, oh, what is your age? I think that's so, so beneficial. And I think, you know, we just need to, like what we said, you know, go back, communicate, listen is um, huge because that's how we're going to learn. So one thing we haven't really talked a lot about is problem solving. And Mm -hmm. sometimes when you have a lot of problems, it adds to your stress and because you're not, you're in effect, you're, you're stuck. You're not Mm -hmm. really solving those problems. Uh, Is there a certain methodology or approach you have to problem solving? So I would say a couple of things. So you always want to see, you know, is it an emergency? Do you need to solve this right now? Or does it seem like an emergency, but something you could think on and solve tomorrow? So I think understanding that is really big because I think a lot of people are like, oh no, something's going wrong. I got to do a quick, um, quick decision. And then going from there, going back to, so depending on what it is, right? Going back to my two things, what's best for Optimal Bio and what's best for the team and helping using that um, as a lens helps hopefully make the right decision. Again, you're not always going to, but I really try to go by what's best for Optimal Bio, what's best for the team. And as a leader, as a CEO, your job is to make a decision. So you may make the wrong decision, but your job at the end of the day is to make a decision. And then, you know, depending on the situation, is it, do you need to go to outside counsel? Who do you need to speak to? Who's involved? So my biggest thing is listen to the problem, talk through it with either, is it, is it just my problem that I'm dealing with? Um, is it a team problem? Is it someone else's problem? So talking through it, finding the facts, and then knowing um, if there's any outside uh, people I need to bring in and then making a decision. Yeah, I think too, we both read this book, Who Not How, right? So you focus on, you know, who actually can make this decision, not how do I make this decision? Exactly. Exactly. Having a team is huge, right? Because then, or a network to make, because then it makes stressful situations more manageable. Um, You know, one of my good friends, he's our attorney. And I always joke, I'm like, either I'm a crazy person or it's just so helpful that I trust him and what he does and who he is as a person that he's going to help us through stressful situations. Okay. A couple little rapid fire questions for you. Yeah. As it relates to stress, are you a sunrise or sunset person? Sunset. Interesting. Even though you're an early riser in the morning. Yeah. I don't know. So at the end of the day, no matter if you had a great day, bad day, just a normal day. I love watching the sunset. It's very calming. Are you an afternoon iced coffee person or a 50 cups refresher tea person? 50 cups refresher tea person. You're lying. Trying to be. (laughs) You know, I love coffee, but we're working on it. We're working on this afternoon tea. And all joking aside, there are a lot of um, stress relief benefits to some herbal teas out there, which maybe down the road, we can discuss that. Um, you mentioned before you're a sports person. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're looking to relieve stress, are you looking at a, uh, let's assume it's not college football season or let's assume it's now, are you going to watch golf? Are you going to watch baseball? Or are you going to watch soccer? Golf, which might surprise people, but I love watching golf. Uh, book or podcast? Podcast because I live in my car. Lunch or dinner? I, lunch, I think. Well, okay. It depends. During a work day, usually a lunch, but like a good Friday night, Saturday night dinner with like friends in the atmosphere, then a hundred percent that. But usually during the day, I have like a bigger lunch and like a lighter dinner because depending on what time I get home. 
curl up on the couch till 10 o'clock at night or go to bed at nine o'clock at night? I'm trying to work on this. So I'm very much a night owl, which I know is not good. So I'm trying to, like my morning routine, there's no question. I'm trying to work on a night routine to read at nine, to be in bed. So definitely on the couch at 10, but we're working on it. This is the goal. Sounds good. Um, lastly, as always, we, we leave with advice. So what advice could be five things, could be one thing, would you give to other CEOs on how to turn stress into a positive force for growth and success in the organization as well as in your life? I would say one, don't think of stress as a negative thing. It's a good thing. It helps you grow. It's actually good for your body too. Two, communicate communicate, have the conversations you need to. Uh, Three, have your non-negotiables that you know that will put you in the best spot to be able to hopefully handle any situations. I can't harp that on enough. Like I really try to structure my life to be able to be better, to go through days because you don't know when a hard day is going to come, right? So do that. I would say I'll end on gratitude. Like this might sound so corny, but every day I think like what an opportunity that we have today. And it really does help. Well, as always, great stuff. Tyler, thank you for your time today. And um, keep doing what you're doing because you've been a success and we look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you for having me. Hopefully I'll be back. Great. Thank you. This has been a production of Optimal Bio. Optimal Bio is CEO Tyler Brannon, podcast host and partner Jim Baker, medical director Greg Brannon, production assistance by Core Media, Beth Grabencourt, administrator, Kevin Duthu, executive producer. The podcast can be found on our website, optimalbio.com, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Our theme song is Sunwave by Paradiso, provided by Epidemic Sound.